from the Heidelberg Catechism. We read together Lord's Day 17. How does Christ's resurrection benefit us? First, by his resurrection, he has overcome death so he can make a share in the righteousness which he had obtained for us by his death. Second, by his power, we too are raised up to a new life. Third, Christ's resurrection is to us a sure pledge of our glorious resurrection. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, have you ever felt like you were a complete failure? That you were no good and that the consequences of that were evident all around you in your life? Have you ever felt powerless in your battle against sin and the devil? That no matter how hard you tried, it seemed like you could not win the battle against the forces of wickedness? Have you ever despaired about the future? Are you afraid to meet your maker on the final day because you feel like you cannot measure up to his standards? That on the final day of Christ's return, you will be condemned? At times in our lives when we go through hardship and adversity, such feelings can arise in our hearts. When we're caught up in a battle against sin and the devil, we can be disheartened by our failures ongoing sicknesses, physical or mental, can sap us of our strength. Worries about our children, breakdowns in relationships, financial hardships, these can all cause us to doubt God's love and his faithfulness to us. And yet the gospel message shows us that God gives us answers to the questions and to the struggles of life. This afternoon, we'll see how our Savior, Jesus Christ, not only died, but also rose from the grave. Christ's resurrection is of great benefit to us. It shows the complete victory that our Savior has won over sin, Satan, and death. It comforts us that in Christ, we too can be victorious over these things. Christ's resurrection teaches us that we can share in the new life that our Savior has won for us. By God's grace and spirit, we can overcome the forces of darkness and live content and joyful lives as God's children. I preach to you God's word under the following theme. Christ's resurrection is of great benefit for us. Through his resurrection, we have a new status we live renewed lives, and we're assured of a glorious future. When the Lord Jesus Christ was on this earth, he brought hope to the hearts of many. Many lived in darkness. They faced various illnesses and diseases. Some were possessed by demons. They carried the heavy burden of their, of their leader's teaching, namely that they had to do good works in order to be saved. 
In Matthew 9, 36, we read of Christ's evaluation of the people of Israel of his day. Matthew writes, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And so our Lord ministered to the people of his day. He approached them with mercy and grace. Our Lord instilled hope into the hearts of people living in darkness. Christ cast out evil spirits from those who are demon-possessed. He healed the sick. He gave sight to the blind and made the lame walk. Christ spoke to the crowds. He taught them in such a way that people flocked from throughout the country to follow him. The people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority and not as the teachers of the law. The crowds pressed around Jesus by the thousands. They followed him wherever he went. They recognized he was someone special. Many believed that he was the great son of David, the king, Israel's Messiah. That's why even the children sang their hosannas when Jesus entered Jerusalem as the king of peace, riding on a donkey. Our Lord dramatically raised the hopes and the expectations of God's people. They expected great things of him. Imagine, beloved, the depression, the sadness, the utter bewilderment of the people when Jesus was crucified. Their hopes were dashed, for their Savior was dead. The words of the men on the road to Emmaus give us a good indication of the feeling of the people. When Jesus asked about their conversation, they said, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? Jesus said to them, What things? They said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Death often dashes dreams. It crushes our hopes. It transforms the lives of those affected by it. Brings to an end the close relationship we had with a loved one, a friend. Death is an enemy. The people of Israel experienced that when the Lord Jesus died. We also experienced that in our lives. When family members or friends are taken from us, we suffer loss. We have difficulty accepting that our loved one is gone. Yet the good news of the gospel is that the story about Jesus did not end with his death. We read together this afternoon from Matthew 28. And we see that some of the women Followed Jesus, who followed Jesus, went to his tomb. 
They took spices with them to embalm Christ's body. By coming to the tomb, they did not find his body. They found the stone rolled back from the door and an angel sitting on it. He spoke to them glorious words. He said, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. As the women left to tell the disciples, Jesus himself met them on the way. The good news of the gospel is that Jesus not only died, but that he also arose from the dead. He is risen, the angel said, risen from the dead, alive once more. That is great news for us. For by his resurrection, Christ showed forth his victory over death. Jesus is not a dead martyr. No, he's a living Savior. Through his resurrection, Christ showed forth his power over sin and Satan. Satan had thrown everything he could at Christ. He subjected Christ to hellish suffering. Yet our Lord went through the shame and the agony of death. And then he arose again. In doing so, he broke Satan's power over us. Beloved, do you know who you are in Jesus Christ? Are you aware of the new status that you have in him? In times of hardship and adversity, Satan can make us doubt who we are. He creates insecurity in our hearts. We get feelings that I'm no good, I'm a loser, I'm a complete failure. Perhaps because we've fallen into the temptation of the evil one. Or because of some sin that we've committed that we cannot seem to get over. Or because of breakdowns in relationships or worries about our children. Or the loss of something or someone we hold dear. In ourselves, we are in many ways failures. We fall far short of the obedience that God requires of us. By nature, we're terrible sinners. Yet, beloved, Christ's death and resurrection have consequences for our lives. Romans 4.25 says that Jesus, our Lord, was delivered up for our trespasses and raised again for our justification. 1 Peter 1 verse 3 says that God has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. What these verses make clear is that Christ's physical death and resurrection have spiritual consequences for us. Our catechism puts it this way. It says that by his resurrection, Christ has overcome death so he could make us share in the righteousness which he obtained for us by his death. In Christ, we have a new status, a new identity. The point is that when God looks at us, he views us as redeemed 
and renewed saints. By Christ's blood and spirit, our sins are washed away. In God's eyes, we are righteous. We are holy. Not because of anything we have done, but by the saving merit of Jesus Christ. What we need to learn, beloved, is to find our value, our worth, in the risen Savior. The world often talks to us about self-esteem. When people suffer from a low self-confidence, the world teaches you need to develop the good inside of you. Tries to give people a boost by emphasizing all the good things they can do. This philosophy is an empty one for us as Christians. We are looking for an identity in the wrong place. If we're going to seek it in our accomplishments, in our wealth, or in our wisdom. What makes us worthwhile in God's eyes has nothing to do with our position or status in this world. Our status comes from what Jesus Christ has done for us. And so we need to seek our life outside of ourselves in Jesus Christ. It's only in him that we find our true identity. You know why God considers us worthwhile? It's because Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for our sins. It's because Christ rose from the dead to make a share in his righteousness. So we see, beloved, how Christ's resurrection benefits us. In his resurrection, Christ has won the victory over sin. It can no longer hold us captive. In Christ, we have a new status. We're justified, made righteous before God. God no longer looks at us as depraved sinners worthy of condemnation. Instead, he looks at us in love as his children, redeemed by grace. Through Christ's death and resurrection, God gives us a whole new identity. He considers us to be his redeemed people, sons and daughters of the living God. We so quickly forget that. We fall back into that old way of thinking that I'm a failure, a good-for-nothing loser, unworthy because of all my sins and shortcomings. But every time Satan whispers that in our ear, we need to say, go away, Satan. It's not true. God loves me so much. He sent his dearly beloved son to die for me. Christ has redeemed me. He has paid the price for my sins. And now I'm a dearly loved son or daughter of the great king. In Christ, that's who I am. Nobody and nothing can take that from me. That kind of perspective helps us to deal with feelings of insecurity or unworthiness. In our first point, we've seen how through Christ's resurrection, we have a new status. In our second point, we'll see how through his resurrection, we live renewed lives. Our new identity in Christ leads to a new way of life. 
having been redeemed by the blood of Christ, we're also renewed by His Spirit. Having been made righteous in Christ, we're now also called to live holy lives. Our justification, we would say in theology, is intimately tied with our sanctification, our holiness. Once again, we see that Satan tries to undermine the power of God in our lives. Not only does he whisper, I'm no good. He also whispers, I'm not strong. It may be that we learn to see that in Christ we're no longer horrible sinners, but God's redeemed children. But Satan tries to convince us of the power of sin in our lives. He wants us to think, I'm too weak to fight against such and such temptation. I'm not strong enough to conquer sin in my life. And all too often, he succeeds. What we need to realize is that through his resurrection, Christ has won the victory over Satan. With a fall into sin, Satan was given dominion over the hearts and lives of man. The Bible speaks about Satan as the prince of this world. Satan had great power. But our Lord Jesus Christ came to this earth to destroy his power. 1 John 3 verse 8 says, The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. With his resurrection, Christ showed forth his dominion over Satan. Our catechism puts it this way. It says that by Christ's power, we too are raised up to a new life. One of the main proof texts our catechism uses is Romans 6. Paul uses the imagery of baptism to picture our complete identification with Christ our Savior. When people are baptized by immersion, they go down under the water and they come back up out of the water. The going down is compared to dying with Christ. The coming up to rising with Christ. Just as Christ physically died and rose again, so in our lives, by the power of Christ, we die to sin. We're raised up to walk in newness of life. The basic point, beloved, is this. We are no longer ruled by our sinful nature. As children of God, the Holy Spirit has come to make his home in us. Christ now governs our lives by his word and spirit. As redeemed people, we're no longer under the mastery of Satan. Jesus Christ is our king. By his spirit, he helps us to live holy lives to the praise and glory of his name. At times, we rely on our own thoughts or feelings to help us determine what to do in a certain situation. I think it's okay for me to participate in a volleyball tournament on a Sunday. I'm really only missing church once. God should allow that. I don't think God will really mind if I skip my church contributions this month. 
my tires are bolding on my car and I need some new snow tires. I really have strong feelings for this friend I, meet, I met recently. Even though he's not a Christian, I'm sure he'll become one in time. And so it's okay for me to date him or her. See, beloved, we have the ability to rationalize, to make excuses for all kinds of things that are not pleasing to God. But when we do that, we're giving in to the sinful desires of the flesh. It's doing what we want without regard for what God teaches us in his word. Our decisions should not be based on what we think or on strong feelings that live in our hearts. Our thinking is often faulty. In and of ourselves, we're blind and ignorant. Our feelings come from hearts that are still by nature inclined to all evil. Wise decisions are those that find their basis in God's word. We need to let God's word be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. That's when we make decisions pleasing in God's sight. Sometimes we try to make excuses for our sins. We like to think we're not strong enough to fight Satan's temptations. We're too weak to conquer sin in our lives. Especially when in a specific area of life, Satan has mastery over us for quite some time. Let me use addiction to alcohol as an example. Addictions don't develop in a week or in a month. They develop over months and years. We feel needy in a certain area of life. A couple of drinks loosens us up. It makes us feel like we're having fun. Or else they help us to forget, at least for a while, Sorrows and struggles laid on our heart. Over time, a couple of drinks is not enough anymore, and we need more and more. Before we realize it, we're addicted. Trying to quit is hard. Because the alcohol is an escape. It masks our pain, our struggles. We might manage to quit for a while, but usually it doesn't last. Unless the root cause of our pain, of our struggles, is dealt with, it's almost impossible to get rid of our dependency. Our heart struggles always relate to sin or to the consequences of sin. Either sin we've committed ourselves or sins committed against us. Things that tie into how we view ourselves, to our insecurities our feelings of worthlessness and self-hatred. Unless we come to know ourselves as we are in Christ, we will continue to feel powerless to deal with our addiction. But when we come to understand how we share in Christ's death and resurrection, we're freed from Satan's hold over us. When we see ourselves as redeemed and renewed children of God, people who are precious to our Father in heaven, 
We're strengthened to fight the good fight of the faith. It doesn't mean that we're going to win the battle against our addiction in one try. It does mean that we're not going to fall for the line that we're too weak to fight. If we equip ourselves with the truths of God's word, with prayer, with the support of fellow brothers and sisters, we can triumph in our fight against sin and the devil. Paul commands us to put off our old nature and put on the new. In Romans 6, 12 to 14, he says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you're not under law, but under grace. It's possible for us to put off the old nature and put on the new. Not in our own strength, but by the power of Christ. He has given us the Holy Spirit to live in our hearts. It's the Spirit who enables us to live holy lives. He renews us more and more in Christ's image. He helps us to live joyous and thankful lives. It's by the Spirit's power that our lives are transformed so that we walk as children of light. So we see, beloved, how Christ's resurrection benefits us. In his resurrection, we see that Christ has won the victory over Satan. Satan no longer has mastery over us. Through Christ's resurrection, we learn to live renewed lives. His Spirit sanctifies us. He enables us to live God-pleasing lives. Instead of being slaves to sin, the Spirit makes us faithful children of God. In our first point, we've discussed our justification. That through Christ's resurrection, we have a new status before God. That in Him, we are righteous. In our second point, we discussed our sanctification, that by the resurrection of Christ, we live renewed lives. The Spirit makes us holy. In our final point, we deal with our glorification, and it will see that in Christ's resurrection, we're assured of a glorious future. Till now, we've noted that by His resurrection, Christ has won the victory over sin and Satan. Yet our Lord has also won the victory over death. Unlike other human beings, death could not hold Christ in its grip. During his earthly ministry, Christ had told his disciples he was going to die. But he repeatedly emphasized to them it would not be the end. He told them that on the third day he would rise again. We know that this happened Good Friday was followed by Easter Sunday. Christ did arise from the dead. Beloved, do you know what this means for your future? Do you know what the consequences of Christ's resurrection are for you in the life to come? 
In times of struggle and temptation, Satan tries to create doubts in our hearts. He wants to rob us of the assurance of faith to make us doubt our salvation. He wants us to view the final day of judgment with fear and trembling in our hearts. Yet what we need to realize is that by his resurrection, Christ has won the victory over death. This has consequences for us when we die. For as redeemed and sanctified children of God, death will not be able to hold on to us either. Our catechism puts it this way. It says that Christ's resurrection is to us a sure pledge of our glorious resurrection. Paul explains this in 1 Corinthians 15, 20 to 22. He says, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. Yes, beloved, Christ's resurrection assures us of a glorious future. It's true, we will all die if Christ does not return in our lifetime. But our death is not the end of the matter. Our comfort is that we belong with body and soul, both in life and in death, to our faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. When we die, our soul goes to be with the Lord in heaven. And on the final day when Christ comes back, our bodies will all be raised from the dead. They'll be reunited with our souls. And so Christ's resurrection fills us with a living hope. In many ways, this life is nothing but a constant death. We face sickness and sorrow and hardship and loss. Loved ones taken from us, empty places left behind. God has a glorious future in store. Where there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. A time when God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. A time of glory when we'll live with God on new heavens and a new earth to share in the inexpressible joy and the surpassing peace the Bible speaks about. This afternoon, we've seen how beneficial Christ's resurrection is to us. By rising from the dead, Christ has won the victory over sin, Satan, and death. Through his resurrection, we have a new status. Instead of seeing ourselves as miserable sinners, we may view ourselves as redeemed children of God. Through Christ's resurrection, we live renewed lives. Instead of being ruled by our sinful nature, the Holy Spirit renews us so we live holy lives. Through Christ's resurrection, we're also assured of a glorious future. Instead of dying and lying in a grave forevermore, we'll be raised from the dead and glorified and live with God in eternity. How rich we are to serve a risen Savior.
Amen. Let's respond to the gospel message by rising and singing from hymn 32.